Clay, I don't know if you've had any um, personal hallucinations that you'd care to tell a story about. I was I was watching this episode, and then I was trying to think of a, a good way to open this and wondering if I had ever hallucinated. And um, mm. uh, the only one that really comes to mind is, like, uh, I was young, and I was sleeping, and I woke up in the middle of the night, and I swear that I saw a woman at the end of my bed folding laundry onto my bed. Oh weird and i turned on the light and it was gone but then i just kind of sat up for a couple minutes and i remember my parents came in because they heard me like sort of shuffling around in there or whatever and they asked what was going on but that's the only hallucination i think like even under the influence of things i don't think i've ever hallucinated mm. outside of that I was shy, but I, I maybe it's just something that i've forgotten about and it's not there but like i guess how do you define a hallucination i googled it and it just said seeing things that aren't actually there call help if you have suffer from this problem <laughs> um, so i don't know do you have any stories about hallucinating or seeing something waking up in a fugue state or something like that no i mean i the, part of me is is happy but part of me is a little bit bummed out mm. by that um i've never taken lsd maybe that's what's yeah a prerequisite yeah I, I like the closest thing i've ever come is is when i when i have one of those dreams where you don't realize you're dreaming and things are seem real enough right um but it's actually funny uh completely unrelated to this episode i was talking to my friend dan who uh just who was at a um bachelor party in mexico <clears throat> and somehow the conversation turned to dmt yep. and uh multiple people started talking about the elves that you see okay when you are on dmt and he's like, "What? That's 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 something that happened." And they were all like, "Yes, that's something that that, that happens when you're on DMT." And he's like, "All right, whatever." And then he was while he was reading, um, the comic, the Grant Morrison comic book, The Invisibles, which is from 30 years ago. Yeah, he came to a panel in the comic where a character talks about the mechanical elves that you see when you're on DMT. <laughs> so, <clears throat> verified. apparently, yeah. verified. Uh, I've never heard anything about that. I don't know why would. Mechanical elves on DMT confirmed. Are they always mechanical? I have no idea. Yeah. I hope to see them one day. I, th- yeah. I was saying <laughs> I to him, to I, to I, I'm probably like, I'll probably start doing hallucinogens when I'm like 60. Yeah. When I just don't really care about much anymore. No, I know. I I, I have kind of wanted to do the uh, sensory deprivation tank thing. Yes. Because I hear that's pretty weird. Yeah. Although people recommend that you're tripping when you do that too, so I oh boy, think it's just <laughs> feels like a feels like a multicolored psychedelic <laughs> hat on a hat. There, I've had mushrooms, but it, that didn't cause me to hallucinate. I just, I guess it's just I don't, I don't really know how I would react to such a thing. So it's like, because mine is a semi dream state thing. I think like I was waking up and saw something, uh, but so it's not like it's not like I was just sitting at my desk at two o'clock on a Thursday and I saw like a, you know, a gnome walk across the driveway right, or something like right. that. Yeah. That's, uh, that's kind of how, so my, my stance on ghosts mm. is generally like, I'm kind of bummed out that I've never seen one, but I'm also kind of happy I haven't. Cause if I did, I'd probably lose my fucking mind. Yeah. You know, just like the, the being in the state where I can register that I did see something. Yeah. My brain seems to think I saw something. That is now whatever it was. It is now gone. I don't know how I would handle it. Yeah. No, I. I don't think I've ever seen a ghost. The closest I come to ghost things or wondering is um like weird noises in the house when I'm by myself at night. And it's mm-hmm. like, what the hell mm-hmm. was that? What the, there's a lot of banging and stuff that goes on in the house when it's uh when it's just you in there. Unfortunately. All right. 
So let's get to Persistence of Vision, which is my favorite Opeth album. It's the eighth episode of the second season of Star Trek Voyager. It came out on the 30th of October, 1995, written by Jerry Taylor, directed by James L. Conway. In-universe date is not specifically known, but it's 2372. In this one, Voyager crew members experience disturbing and violent hallucinations. Not women folding clothes at the end of their bunk. In this one, <laughs> we got knives. We've got infidelities, screaming infidelities. We've got dads being disappointed in you. And we have mm-hmm. uh, love that needs to be stated clearly and passionately to each other. So this was a hell of a thing. Um, <laughs> uh, I I don't know where I really stand on this one. It It's one of those, There's there's a definite trope of star trek episodes that goes this way which is that it kind of starts out the first half is like a weird mind trip and then it just becomes something else that it's like trying to solve the problem of what's going on like that's that's a very that's a very formulaic thing that star trek does and this one fits into it um i i think that the the starting point for me is that i i guess it's weird that maybe we haven't yet hit the point where Voyager has fully abandoned its setup concept, right? And I like in some episodes it feels like that is the case, and maybe this will eventually completely go away. But to me, I thought that at least Voyager, for what this episode is talking about, is like a prime concept of a show to have this kind of episode based around it, at least the stuff that mm-hmm. I liked in this one, which is the idea of um, sort of guilt and... Uh, I don't even know how to describe the hallucinations. It's sort of like dark thoughts and guilt that you have in your head that get played against you. Mm-hmm. And just the um, Voyager being stuck out there. And like, I really like Janeway's central problem here, which is that is she fucking a holodeck character while her husband <laughs> is back home? And I, I thought that that was kind of interesting. I thought that was like a really neat thing to think about in terms of what these characters are going through and how, like how long are they supposed to wait to get home? Like what is infidelity at this point and mm-hmm. how, how pent up is Janeway and stuff like that. But then things change, but I don't know if, uh, if you had any thoughts about the, at least the initial stages of this one and the weirdness aspect of it. Uh, I think you're giving this one a lot of credit. Mm. Um, I did not particularly care for this. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't think it was weird enough to be interesting, and I didn't think it was scary enough to be interesting. Yeah. Um, and it does... So it's it's the this kind of episode where I feel like we're probably going to see this s- set up again in the future, which is um, someone... someone starts fucking with the ship and the crew has to figure out what's going on which yeah if if you know anything about my uh my pet peeves when it comes to stories a, the a plot where a character just needs to figure out what's going on is is my least favorite kind of story yeah, yeah. one of them anyway um and i think what's what i i was really bothering me about this is like i, I didn't find the um hallucinations particularly interesting and i didn't feel like the the episode was structured in a way where the hallucinations paid anything off um you know for instance 
there's nothing and i mean this is a lot to ask obviously but like there's no paris being mad at his dad doesn't really mean anything to me because they there's nothing touching on why he would be mad at his dad or right. in the episode yep same with uh uh torres and and chakotay um tuvok at least we've had some talk of his family but yeah. even yeah. there even there he's he's like you're not my wife he's like no i am i am your wife like, no you're not my wife and the, and and even Harry Kim, who's we we know his fiance or his girlfriend or whatever, and Harry all Harry Kim gets is, I see my girlfriend. Yeah, I see her, topless, and that's that's it. Yeah, and uh, yeah, like I just I don't know. I w- I wasn't really dialed into. I I agree that the the idea of Janeway grappling with the idea of infidelity and stuff like this is is pretty interesting. I just don't think that they do anything with it. Uh, because she's not the central character of the story like she gets taken out like everybody else does and you end up with this weird fucking telepathy subplot with Cass yeah I, I mean I um I think Janeway is the main character for the first half but one of the big sure, issues yes, yeah. one of the big issues with this episode is that it tries to give everyone a piece of the story and then eventually Cass becomes the main character for some yeah. reason and yeah. I think that's just a bad idea. If this had focused exclusively on Janeway, I would have thought yes. this would have been a pretty good episode. Same. Yeah, agree. Um, and I thought it was going that way because it took her so long to get overtaken. Yeah. I thought I thought, I thought, thought something involving the ghost going into her was going to allow her to repel this force or antibodies, something. That, ghostly antibodies. Yeah, yeah. Ghost yeah. ghost antibodies. But that didn't happen. And then you just get this thing with Kess that doesn't really track and is another thing that's wrapped up in Technobabble. Use where, the mirror. <laughs> look into his mirror yeah. eyes. Yeah. yeah. And and before that you've got I mean I did think it was funny where the doctor is like, you need to type in the algorithm like, blah 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 blah. She's like, okay, how do I do that? And he goes, I uh, I actually don't know. Okay, let me get let me check the Wikipedia page for this one. Yeah. And you know, ultimately also it doesn't help that once they uh reveal the uh culprit uh they're they're kind of like why'd you do this to us and he goes i was just kind of fucking around yeah and then he just like leaves they're not even sure if he's real by the end of it <clears throat> yeah and like you know what is was he after something or i mean i don't that's what i mean like this is the kind of episode where i don't mind that there's no plot if you go all the way into the weird stuff and all the way into the 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 subtext and, and story yeah but they don't really do that and I think if if you had focused more on Janeway and really gotten weird with it and really gotten into her head, I think that could have been really interesting because then it doesn't matter how you get out. Like you, if you want to still do the Kess stuff, fine, whatever. But I would say you got to be bouncing back and forth between Kess tr- trying to figure out the Technobabble bullshit while you're getting weird with Janeway um, about her feelings about her husband or or, or her ghostly holodeck lover yep. or whatever holographic lover yeah no because I, I holographic lover i think is a judas priest album from a, the mid 80s one of their uh all music uh top rated albums um yeah i i i don't think this is a particularly good episode mostly because i think it fails to execute on what it should be focused on and it it it's it almost seems like they are 
It's a it's a weird one because it feels like it doesn't have a particularly strong grasp on what is going on in the episode. So therefore, it has a hard time explaining what uh, hallucinations would be relevant for the crew to have or like mm-hmm. how this all ties together. The reason mm-hmm. I like Janeway is because, A, like I was talking about, Janeway is the only one that really fits into... Well, I would, Bellana and uh, Chakotay actually works too, but apparently I was reading this is the only time this is brought up in this show, so this is yeah. not, not going to recur. <laughs> but, awesome. So we can ignore that. But the Janeway one, uh, at least, is tied to Voyager's central concept, right? Like that they're very far away from their family. They're trying to get back home. But things are going to have to change on this ship in order to survive the trip back home. Like that that seems implicit within how the show is supposed to be set up and how it was originally conceived. And I think that the Janeway one is a good Star Trek question of are you cheating if this is a hologram that you're doing? And I think they even did a good job of tying in the fact that Janeway's uh, hollow novel stuff that she's into is Victorian era female written um, like repressed love mm. stories mm-hmm. like it all fits it, it, so it works like the reason that she's enjoying that hollow novel on this journey is because she has this incredibly pent up fr- sexual frustration about not being with her husband who you know there's not a lot that they've done to really establish that relationship or whatever but i i would just buy it as a real thing that she's going through and almost like if there's a real character on the crew or something like i i just think that there's a lot of really interesting stuff that you can get into about like how are you when you're unable to communicate with your spouse or whatever or your partner how are you supposed to ethically get through this situation that you need to be happy and get home at the same time and, and you can't tell them or anything like that they don't know what's going on i thought it was interesting and i thought that it was a good setup for janeway but they just abandoned janeway unfortunately halfway through and it becomes one of these things where it ends with a really t- sort of like cliche at this point good voyager scene that i don't feel really encapsulates what was going on to get to that mm. point so it's yeah. a little bit frustrating yeah, I I think I I think it would have worked more if again if they had really leaned into the the Janeway stuff and also <clears throat> uh, transferred the holodeck character to say Chakotay or someone who was real. So now you've now you can kind of extrapolate that out that oh it's not just that she's horny for this uh, uh, holo, holodeck character. She's horny for someone she works with. Now you're you're getting into yeah. actual infidelity, possible or the the actual infid, in, infidelious thoughts, <laughs> thoughts infid- of infidelity. <laughs> I um, was shocked that the infidelio, infidelio. I, I was, <laughs> this is a good, it's a good password. Um, <laughs> I I was shocked that I could have swore once she started hallucinating that the the holodeck character was going to become a member of the crew. Like he wouldn't even be right. in someone's right. body. He was just going to show up as like Lieutenant so-and-so who'd always been there mm-hmm. for whatever, like the whole time. And there was going to be a, as you're saying, like Janeway's losing touch between the connection of what is real and what isn't on the holodeck by that point. So the relationship becomes extra um, uh, dubious to her, like morally mm. about whether or not this should be happening. 
They don't and do also, that like, too bad. Yeah, and also like the holodeck stuff. I don't know. I feel like it only gets you so far because you don't you don't want to. Because the thing, the point of this episode is that this alien is getting into their innermost, deepest yeah. thoughts or whatever. And if it just turns into Janeway's got the hots for a holodeck guy, it's like well, I don't. You know that if if she came home tomorrow and she told her husband, you know, I I. I kind of had sex with a holodeck guy a couple times. He'd mm-hmm. be like, "Yeah, no, that's that's fine." Do you, what do you think, think so? I've been doing? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe in this universe. I think it's a, um, it's maybe a tough one because it's hard to grok outside of this universe about what's going on. But I think that it's um, it's a good one in line with. Uh, that TNG episode where we meet Barkley for the first time and he's been replicating crew members that he knows. That's different, though. Like, that's more in line with what I'm talking about, where these are actual people that he has actual relationships with. Yes. That he is actively uh, playing out fantasies with. But that, that's Jan- only upsetting to the people being recre- recreated, not to their the spouse of the uh, spouse of Barkley in that situation. You know what I mean? Sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's one where I think if you told your wife you were doing that, she'd be yes, super that, thrilled. That, 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 you know? <laughs> I made your sister. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, but like in this situation, I don't know. I don't know if you really get there with with the uh, uh, just the holodeck stuff. Mm. So I, but I do like the uh, struggle that she's going through. I just wish they had pushed it further and made it a little bit more. Um, even if she's not horny for Chakotay, mm-hmm. like this guy pushing her there yep. to say that, oh, no, are you really just horny for this holodeck guy? Aren't you really horny for someone who you actually work with? Sure. Like yeah. then she starts really, you know, because then she's unsure of herself and that kind of thing. Um, But yeah, I, I like the concept in that sense, but I think it just, unfortunately, it turns into just... uh a we got to figure out what's going on type story and you get rid of Janeway halfway through yeah and it just you know it doesn't really like i actually liked the presentation of the alien on the view screen i thought that was cool yep yep um but also that doesn't really you know it just it, i kind like i if if this was a weirder trippier episode I wouldn't mind so much that at the end he's like, oh, I don't know. Maybe I was never here at all. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, I don't know if they totally earned that, but. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't have minded that if the Janeway focus had been priority. Like, I, I don't need this alien to really exist or to be certain that he exists or anything like that, because I think mm-hmm. that if you focus it on Janeway's thoughts of infidelity, it becomes irrelevant as to whether or not that alien exists because all he's all like, you could just say that even if he doesn't, it's still something that's planted in her mind, obviously. And she's yeah. stressed out about it. It's, you know, it's another one too, where I think it gets stronger. If you spend the first 10 minutes showing stress amongst the crew. Yeah. yeah. Instead of just <laughs> Janeway needs to take a week off or whatever. Well, which, the doctor is very small. Which is that's, incredibly that's stressful. Hilarious, yes. <laughs> they, uh, it's a good joke. They just keep coming back to Tiny Doctor. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, like, I feel like you could have used some of that time at the beginning to drop these seeds that these other characters are also dealing with stress. So when this guy shows up and he starts pulling the stuff out of them, yeah. then it, it's, it, it lands better than uh, um, just, uh, hey, don't you hate your dad, Tom? 
Yeah. And he's like, yeah, I do hate my dad. Thanks for <laughs> He's a colossal <laughs> asshole. Interesting that he begets... Um, I'm pretty certain that the actor playing the dad gets replaced by that actor from Seinfeld who uh, is the Krug, not Kruger. There's there's an actor from Seinfeld who eventually takes over that role for that guy, so he looks similar oh, really? to him, but it's it's not the same actor. Interesting. Uh, I, I would have um like just thinking of redoing it. I think this this is one of those episodes that if this was a modern Star Trek show, it would probably open with ten minutes of Janeway flashing back to time with I think the guy's name is Mark or husband mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. Instead of yeah. just they have that incredibly awkward photo where they look like two people who <laughs> met each other five minutes ago have to pose for a photo with a dog and pretend yeah. that that's it. Like that photo is doing a tremendous amount of work and flashing back to. You know, some some sort of it would, it would obviously be a dramatic flashback where it's just before she leaves and they have a fight or something. You know, like to be the really cliche stock thing. Like there's a there's some sort of um, issue between the two of them, and then it moves into this thing where it's Jane. We having to consider her, her, what's uh, ethical to do in that situation, but obviously they don't have the time and they can't get that actor back in the show and things like that. So we are left with what we end up with. Well, you know, I I actually think it's. I think it's better for it um, that they don't do that stuff Mm -hmm. because I actually think it works pretty well as it is because, like, I think having – going out of your way to show a flashback like that kind of puts a bit too fine a point on it where when you've got her – you keep referencing this photo and they kind of keep bringing him up in dialogue and then he shows up on the view screen. I I think – I think uh, uh, Kate Mulgrew is a good enough actress where she can get across the um, uh, the the worry and the conflict, the inner conflict, without having to go to let's show them get in a fight before she leaves. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, like it's and it's it's more interesting that way too. Where it's like, yeah, it's not like they were on bad terms or anything. It's just she's been out there. She's gonna be here for seventy five years. Yeah, and she's she's still. You know, we kind of made the the eyes wide shut joke before, but as far as we know, she hasn't done anything yet. Right. Yep. You know, she's thinking about it clearly. No, this material very... won't allow that to happen. You know, those those characters yeah. in those stories don't have actual sex; they just pine for it. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, she kind of goes on a bit of if this if this episode was more like eyes wide shut, I'd like it a lot more <laughs> for a number of reasons. <laughs> oh, oh. We have to do I mean, uh, as Tuvok's got the Tuvok's got the the, the loot. He yep. can play some weird backwards monk music on. <laughs> There's a certain day I'd like to be on stage, everybody. I think you know which day it is. <laughs> Overdosing prostitute in Chicote's quarters that has to be resuscitated. <laughs> All that good stuff, and it's Christmas on the ship, and everything's happy. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not really the the cast stuff and the the secondary hallucinations aren't really worth talking about, I suppose, because I consider them to be a distraction from what's going on. Uh, yeah, it K- also just, my biggest. Sorry, I was just, my my biggest problem with the cast thing at the end is like she's hallucinating, but she's talking to the doctor over the the view screen. Yeah, and at, and and at no point does she turn to the doctor and go, "Doctor, is there someone standing behind me or not?" Yes. Yeah. Is Neelix standing behind me being a dickhead? And he'd be like, no, he's not. It's a weird wrinkled, wrinkled guy. Yep. Yeah, they, I mean, it, it's a weird cut, too, because it goes from that hallucination thing to she literally standing, talking to the doctor on the view screen. And it, it's a weird, jarring 
reality thing or whatever. It's like it's hard to it's hard to match those two shots where you're going from a hallucination into something that's actually happening right in front of her. Yeah, mm. it's um, I don't know. Like I I I sort of liked. I found it va- like a little bit creepy about the people who were just standing there in places. I I kind of like sure. that. There's nothing to do. That's nothing to do with anything. I just thought it was kind of a neat effect. But outside of that, like. I don't really like the Paris one because I don't think it ties in at all. The Chicote and Bellana one I do like because I think that that adds an interesting wrinkle or could have added an interesting wrinkle, sure, knowing yeah. that it doesn't do anything. Um, it's a terrible soap opera written scene that they have together, but I, I liked yes. what they were implying. But that that kind of works, though, mm. for the, the kind of scene that it is to yeah. be a little bit hack and a little bit uh, melodramatic. The slow kiss, the slow, <laughs> passionate kiss. Um and then that's Kess, how that's how you get across passion is you you get very close to the other person's still, mouth still talking yeah and you talk directly <laughs> into their mouth because the mouth is the most sensitive ear on the body it is there's three of your ear bones are in your your lips um the Kess stuff you know they're building up her powers i guess like, because that's kind of a runner for her. She has powers that, that mm-hmm. is going to be developed at some point. This is another vague entry of she has powers that are she's a superpower psychic or something. Tuvok help is helping me with my telepathy. I was like, what? Where, what does Neelix know about this? Does Neelix know? Is is the telepathy something that that we've set up before? I can't remember. <laughs> Tom Paris is helping find my inner self. He's like, what? <laughs> what is going on? Yeah, I don't. She's Kess really gets around. I I'm I'm finding her to be a I'm finding her to be a disreputable woman at this point in the show with my incredibly <laughs> conservative social takes. Yeah, it's just the 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 telepathy thing caught me off guard. I, I I'm sure it's something they've touched on before, but honestly, it, it, it I couldn't remember at the time. Yeah. But just the way that. She just dropped that line. Oh, Tuvok is helping me with my telepathy. I was like, I okay. I guess that's happening. I didn't yeah, realize she was a psychic. Yeah, they've been they've been hinting at it. I forget what the, the episodes were that she's done it, but they've done it once or twice. Um, and it's fine. I just think it's distracting, mostly on a technical level because it cuts away from Janeway and it just becomes this yeah, test talking yeah. to the doctor situation that solves everything. Um, and the alien reveal isn't interesting enough to save that, so you end up with just. You know, you end up with the nice scene with Bellana and uh, Janeway, which I think is what the episode kind of should have been about. It's just, it's unfortunate mm. that Voyager didn't want to focus on that. I, I don't know why. It's just, it, it's the, I don't know if this is really unique to Voyager or if I'm looking for a a more mature take than Voyager wants to go in at this point. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I can understand a hesitancy in 90 Star Trek of not wanting to talk about Janeway's sexual frustration and stuff, but it's the only way that the show makes sense to me really. Cause this is the, right. this is a show that seems designed to be about really interpersonal conflicts with each other. Sure. Like the, the, the crew has to evolve in, in a way. It's like a, it's sort of like um, the setup to how Deadwood on HBO is set up. Like the, the characters have to come together, but they're all they all have different outlooks on life. But to create this new thing that they're living together, they have to adapt to each other. And mm. it feels like Voyager should do that. It's just it's it just it can't handle the content because it might be too adult for this era of TV and Star Trek in particular. The real Deadwood was inside us the whole time. I know. Dun dun dun. Yeah, yeah. I. I mm. Yeah, I think there's way you, ways you could could 
get into it without being like explicit about it, obviously. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, you know, I think it's just another missed opportunity on a show that's kind of built out of missed opportunities so yeah. far. Another a lot of casts. We've been getting a lot of casts the last couple episodes. Yeah, she's. I, I think important. she. I she thinks she's okay, but she's wearing a little thin the way that they're handling her in the last few episodes. Yeah. I, I didn't have a problem with her earlier. I think the performance did a lot of carrying. I, I don't really yeah. like the way she's being developed into a, uh, wonderkind or whatever, like a super powered kind of creature yeah, that's yeah. going to be hanging out with them. Um, she's, she's fine. outside of that. I, I just think there are, there are more important, she's a main cast member. So I understand why they have to do this, but I feel like there are just better characters to put in that situation or just keep it Janeway and go from there. Yeah. Um, persistence of vision. I guess that's it. We can go to patient thoughts. Now, if you want to support the show, if you enjoyed the show so far, halfway through the episode, now enjoyed our coverage of persistence of vision. <clears throat> Um, you can support the show at patreon.com slash the Penske file. It's the best way to do it. You get extra stuff, extra content. There's like 150 podcasts up there now. Extra stuff all over the place. And you can download them all and listen to them. So Patreon. Do we have do we have an official count we on do. Penske file episodes like total? Like with the real podcasts and everything? Yes. Yeah. Uh we would. I don't know what it is, or I I would have to sort of do the rough calculation. Yeah, do the rough math probably. Yeah. It's got to be over 300, right? It's, it's each, w- each one of those shows went like at least 100 episodes. Uh, I mean, they're closer to 200. We're, we're, yeah, we must, we yep. might be across all the shows close to 1,000 podcasts. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So... We're getting, we're getting up there. And 150 more can be found at hr.com slash the basketball <laughs> if you're so interested. Uh, so we'll go to Patreon comments. Tex Bear says, Persistence of Vision, yet another episode with lots of mysterious things happening in a resolution which, while not too disappointing, also isn't all that interesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which, is, <laughs> which is what it is. Here's Norman Buckwald. I'll send it over to you post-haste. Finally, Janeway's lame Bronte holodeck novel gets interesting by seeming to cross over into reality. In fact, the most interesting parts of this episode was when it did focus on Janeway. Once imaginary persons were seen by everyone, it got a bit too much. And Wes and Clay, the shipping of Chakotay and Bellana was thankfully scrapped much quicker than Archer and T'Pol. Still, the potential of Kess and what exactly her species abilities was definitely intriguing. What exactly are her, sorry, what exactly are her species, still the potential of Kess and what exactly are her species abilities was definitely intriguing, but I, but I'm not really here, villain, yawn, 3.5 mini doctors out of five. I like yeah. the shipping of Jakota and Bolana. I, I'm not. I think I, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I think it makes sense. Based on how those characters have interacted to this point, I can totally understand that. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, I, <laughs> I am really not giving this bronte holodeck thing much of a shake because every time they start it i just assume the whole episode is gonna be (laughs) (laughs) and i immediately check out i don't know why but i i keep thinking they're gonna do like 
oh, this is the episode where she where we just do the whole thing as a as a Victorian novel, and I'm like, ah, okay. But of course, they never do that. No, what's what's interesting to me about it is that we've seen so much of it, and literally nothing happens in the holodeck yes. novel. It's yeah. like she, she's like he's like take the children away, and they do, and he's like I love you, and then someone calls her on the com badge, and she freezes it, and that's the end. That's been literally every every bit of this Bronte novel that we've been watching has been incredibly uh unenergetic and like you know it's it's not to say everything has to be is a modern remake but i i feel like if you were to remake this show there is a way that a very thoughtful show would sort of weave her holodeck across the season where the mm. the episode that that would be a backdrop to something and this show's not doing it it's just her, her thing to do I would also like what I would have liked to have seen done differently with this is if you did weave it across seasons, have her start off like really not being into it. Right. Because, you know, she's got a lot in her mind. She doesn't she's not the kind of person necessarily who likes this kind of stuff. And so but but she's it's the only the only program they had on the books at the time or I don't know, some bullshit Mm -hmm. reason. Mm -hmm. And but as she as the more she does it, she ends up getting more and more into it to the point where she's like, you see her at the end of the season breathlessly talking to this guy when he's like, I must go back to the city. Yeah. She's she's like, oh you know, that would that would would be fun. Yeah, it's tough to um it's tough to unavoid uh or it's tough to be I really I see all roads of that kind of story only leading to ex machina. Right, it's like yeah, reality yes. becomes difficult to to tell, and like the, yes. the machine from the human is difficult to differentiate. These children need a firm hand, Catherine. <laughs> Kyle Barrett says persistence of vision. The idea of Janeway struggling under the stresses of command deserves a deeper examination. And the episode culminates in simply the crew going nuts and just needing to wake up and smell the psychosis. But I won't complain too much because after a run of terrible episodes, at least this one is fun to watch. Critiquing it is like a man dying of thirst suddenly becoming a mineral water critic. I don't know whether it was always the plan to use the holographic kids inspired by the turn of the screw in a ghost story on Voyager, but even if it's accidental, it's a neat connection to the source material, and there are as are the hints of Janeway's sexual repression. I call bullshit on Kim saying, I see my girlfriend Libby. I bet he saw his mom and lied because he's desperate for people to know he's got a girlfriend. And the episode gets one thing right above all else. Cucumber sandwiches are indeed horrifying. Three both ends from Star Wars out of five. Uh, uh, cucumber sandwiches are not. I'm sorry. Why Bothans? Why does he? Why does he reference Bothans? Bothans are the aliens in this episode. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Many of them died to bring us the information on the Death Star. Oh, uh, is that what? So, you, do you ever see a bo- Bothan or Bothan in Star Wars? No, or they just referenced. As far as I know, we've never seen a Bothan in okay. any any star. I could be I could be completely wrong. I apologize if I am, mm. but I don't I don't remember ever seeing one. We don't have cucumber sandwiches over here. Uh, I've always enjoyed them when I go to Britain. Now I find them. I find them. They seem like they'd be horrible, but I didn't find them to be horrible. What do you What do you put on them? There, I I don't know what it is off the top of my head, but they do put something on it. Um, let me let me see here. Cucumber sandwich. Is there a traditional one? Tr- uh, cream cheese. Yeah. Apparently. The Bothans have appeared in the background of the Last Jedi. They're kind of like a dog-looking alien, sort of like a werewolf, sort of. Sure. Kind of, kind of looks like, <laughs> kind of looks like those weird half-human, half-wolf deviant art drawings <laughs> that usually end up having like giant furry dicks. 
or so I've been told. Oh, I'm very familiar with the both ends then. Yeah, I understand. Uh, this is point extra G. Janeway's boring-ass holodeck program gets slightly more interesting when the characters leave the holodeck. That boy still freaks me out. He ain't right. The evil psychic alien thing is fine. It just never really grabs me. Voyager does, though, continue its... Voyager does, though, continue its trend of really well-written episode closing scenes. Brendan Neil Howell says, I'm torn about this one. Half of it's hokey, but it does scary very well before it goes over the top. Never quite sure what the Bothians and Tension, I don't know, I, I'm giving up on whether or not this is Bothian or Bothian. Intention was one or whether any of it mattered. This seems a rehearsal for scientific method to me. By the way, Henry Burley is one of Picard's sons in the Nexus. Three knife-wielding housekeepers oh, out of five. Fun. Yes. I think I, yeah, did I, I might have said that uh, a couple episodes ago. I think the, the kid in the holodeck program is the child in Generations. Yeah. I, I just, like, it doesn't interest me to bring this like i i found it kind of spooky a little bit as they were doing it but yeah ultimately it's like i mean until the alien shows up it just feels like another holodeck outside the holodeck thing and i don't really give a shit about that they've done it a million times no i didn't find it too scary like the I, I would have found it scary if we had gone back to what we were saying. If like if the, or I know you kind of wanted another way of maybe have the ghost and have it Chicote, but if that guy had showed up, I would have been a little bit more creepy than just seeing the flower cup that she was using or whatever. So I don't know. Yeah. yeah. This is Jonathan J. K. Morris. Best moment was Tom resisting his dad right until near the end because he just had to say something. Being tricked and getting him in, in the trance made me think Tom was immune until he bit back. Actually, my favorite part of this episode <clears throat> is when uh, Tuvok abruptly hangs up the phone and does the, you're breaking up, <laughs> as an excuse to, to hang it up. <laughs> and what happened? I've created a fake disturbance in the transmission, and so we could hang the phone up and talk secretly. <laughs> this is, he gave it a rating, which I didn't send, which is two gotcha toms out of five. Uh, Eric McGowan. Based on based on Star Wars fandom, starwars.fandom.com, the Bothans do not show up in person in any live action Star Trek Star Wars stuff. They only are mentioned by name in The Mandalorian and in Return of the Jedi. Is that just a difference of opinion from the one that said they're in The Last Jedi? I saw a picture of one that said it was from The Last Jedi. I don't know if that's I don't know. I didn't do much research. Okay. Well, real time, but We'll, get, what to do the, you we'll guys get to the bottom think? of this. Yeah, leave a comment below <laughs> if the both hands have been seen in Star, uh, Star Wars. Uh, Eric McGowan says, The surreal and horror-themed episode with some good twists and turns that I always enjoy revisiting, despite the lame scenes with Janeway's hollow novel. I like that Kess is able to save the day in this one, although it always feels like the writer sometimes had a hard time writing what to do with her powers. Grappla John Zorn is the next comment. Comes to you. Yes, Kess is magic. Yes, Janeway has some less than aspirational notions of entertainment. Yes, the Scooby-Doo ending. Unlike most of season two, this one kept me engaged for the whole episode. Much better to have a one-dimensional villain to interact with at the end than another kinoplasmic subspace warp particle fountain to throw an inverted neutrino protein nodule through the Bussard collectors. Excellent line reading of the the techno-bevel. Thank you. 
While I don't think I'd seek it out for a rewatch, I enjoyed Mulgrew's acting and the structure held my interest. Glad Trek's go-to female Romulan actor is still getting some work. A high three. Who Who's the go-to Romulan? That's a good question. I don't know. Glad Trek's go-to I, female Romulan actor. I was actor. trying to find who played the alien at the end, but I, I didn't see anything on IMDb. Maybe was it, is it the alien? Let me see. So, <clears throat> oh, no, it's Mrs. Templeton. It must be. The oh, yes, sure, sure. Yes, it's the the knife wielding uh, person from the uh, the holodeck adventure. Ah, gotcha. She is Commander Toreth in Face of the Enemy and Sub Commander Taurus in TNG's Contagion. Yep. Uh, so that's that answered. Next one is Changeling. Let's play a game of whose story is it? All right, contestants. It is a Janeway's because she's the main focus through most of it. B Cass because her telepathy saves the day. Or C Torres's because she has the revelation that she wants to bang Chakotay. Judges, who cares? I usually like Mind F Star Trek, but this episode just falls apart at the end. I like the little looks inside the characters' heads. I just wish that they were in a different story. Two out of five. Why two? Because I can. Aaron Million is the very next comment that we are going to read here. Oops. There you go. Voyager, at least so far, does not do terror or horror very well. I think Enterprise did it better, and so did TNG. As an example, the scene in Night Terrors where Crusher is in the morgue and some of the cadavers keep sitting up under their sheets. But uh, come on. Everybody knows the best horror scene with Crusher is when the old lady sits up out of the coffin. (laughs) Sub Rosa, <laughs> or when she, yeah, when she orgasms in that that episode is also a good horror scene. But Voyager's effort here is pretty bland. Two Victorian holiday characters out of five. Artoria says Janeway gets her kicks from a steamy rom period piece mastery fantasy. Evil alien gets his from watching other people's fantasies. Someone has a dungeon porn addiction. Good God, the minute we invent hollow programs, our society is doomed. Three British lords out of five. <laughs> Yep, it's the um, there's all that uh, sort of uh, market literature and scientific literature that men like visual, women like reading about their fantasies. <laughs> this is uh, this is Clef, persistence of vision. This episode is not. I, I forgot. This is a poem. poem so I have to do yeah. it right. This episode's not what it seems when an alien manifests the crew's dreams. It goes from it goes from Jane Eyre to a Freddy Krueger scare. All that it's missing are some deeper themes. Uh, and I missed this. <laughs> I'll, let you, I'll let you finish the reviews. I need to put these in there. Four great character moments out of five. There we go. Undiscovered Mugato says, Shit, Janeway's back in the Regency and now it's bleeding into reality. Please, God, no. But really, why was Janeway affected so long before anyone else? A rare case of the episode getting better as it went along, up until that last moment when everything literally evaporated, including the plot. Are the Botha even something to be concerned with? Were they ever? And how many Bothas died to bring us the plans for the Borg Sphere? Too, too many false reality episodes too soon out of five. Yeah, they're really going that well quite a bit lately. Uh, which one? Sorry. The uh, false reality. Yes, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's just, it's again, it's making me feel like they've already run out of ideas for this, yeah. <laughs> for this show. Yeah, yeah. This is Jaron Hatch. Great hook and creepy setup, but boy, does this episode go nowhere fast. 
They make a point at the end about how sharing personal stuff is the best way to deal with it, so why wasn't the episode actually about that? Sending out a pulse from the warp core is the least interesting climax possible to do in a Star Trek episode, second only to reconfiguring the main deflector dish. They, would have, they should have just done a haunted house episode where Janeway gets lost in her gothic fantasy. Instead of finding a magic rose in the West Wing, she finds her long-lost beloved Mark and spooky shenanigans ensue. Now that's the kind of hot trash I'm here for, you and me both. 2.5 Bothan Spies out of 5. Doesn't have the, uh, the powerful male antagonist in that setup. Did you ever see um, uh, Shades of Grey? Did you ever watch the movie? Fifty Shades of Grey? Fifty Shades of Grey. Or, or, or the first one, just Shades of just, Grey. <laughs> the, the, the prequel, Shades of Grey, Fifty Shades. Uh, I did not, no. Yeah. I didn't see it either, but um, I, I I know very little about what that is. I I know that my mother-in-law read the book, which I thought was mm-hmm. hilarious that she uh, admitted to that. Um, just just because I, I, I'm probably imagining more scandal in it than is actually in there, which is what made it funny to me, so I don't actually know. Maybe it's not all that... Uh, ups, uh, not all that... Um, graphic or something in the book that that was kind of was there a reason you brought that up <laughs> why well, uh, just because it's 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 similar to the um the bronte hollow novel oh, it's like okay. a powerful man you know and yes. she, she's subjugated to him i thought you were just like looking over at your bookshelf I was, <laughs> i'm watching this video as we read my, these my comments. To, to read pile <laughs> Uh, no, my, I, I, it always seemed to me like the kind of, uh, uh, kinky book that, um, you know, people who never really got out very much yep. found kinky. Yeah. Maybe if you, yeah, if you haven't, um, haven't been on the internet recently in the right places. <laughs> yeah. Soccer we, mom kinky. One, although this does tie into, um, uh, the kids were watching Disney plus and they're like, well, like, what do you want to watch? And. Uh, they said they wanted to watch the shark movie and it was called um it's it's like a it's it's like a discovery channel movie episode and it's called like 50 shades of shark or something like that <laughs> and amy goes why is it titled that as like 50 have, shades of great white that would be good it might be it's yeah. something like yeah. that so it ma- it makes a, a pun and amy's like why is it titled like that i'm like i don't i don't know is it just are they just making a pun based on the shark thing and they're, they're going to give us this kind of a, a story and they're like i don't know i'll just turn it on the kids will enjoy it i'm sure first scene shark rape <laughs> what <laughs> <laughs> the shark male shark bites this female shark and drags her to the bottom of the ocean a second male shark comes up and just and welcomes himself inside the uh, oh the my premises. god and oh my god <laughs> and- i want to see I want to see the rest of that where the, the female shark gets revenge like Jodie Foster. With a shotgun. And so at that point, after the close-up on the throbbing shark member, I, I ran oh, up and, tur- and turned the thing off. And Alistair and Simon said, Vi- what, was this, what was happening in that movie right there? And I said, I don't know. Vibrating cloacas all over the place. <laughs> I was going to say I was gonna say you got to the end of it, and then Alistair turned and said, you know, there wasn't a single ball gag in that show. <laughs> But that's what I get for saying, sure, what kind of mature content could be on Disney Plus? I'll just allow all of this onto the screen. And apparently I mean, it's that. I mean, you didn't even realize that the image they chose was just a full frontal shot of a shark jumping out of the water. <laughs> I just thought it was algorithmically created and this is just gonna yeah. get the clicks or whatever, but no. No, it's um What is this? What is this? Disney plus UK? Scandalous. Scandalous. 
Royo, final comment, says, well, this episode doesn't meet the highs of projections, which was tightly paced. This episode is equally memorable to me for its distinct visuals. The set for the Alien Command Bridge being a backlit temple with a central figure shrouded in shadow was particularly striking, and the fact that the alien's method of aggression being psychological warfare seems to be a fresh idea. Unlike the TOS episode, this side of Paradise where the crew gets hopped up on spores and only Kirk can resist the mind control because he's Kirk, here the captain is not somehow immune, and it's interesting to see every last one of the command staff fall prey to delusion. And it's an interesting and logical inversion to have the doctor's head on straight while everyone else is being gaslit with reality-bending psionic attacks. Further, we get some nice character work with Tom Paris's overbearing Admiral Dad to Janeway's crazy work schedule as a starship captain and her ever-present temptation to cheat on her boyfriend with that fantasy bowl of coffee ice cream. 3.5 pox laden <laughs> Neelixes out of 5. It's not cheating if that coffee ice cream was never really there. That's true. Thanks, everybody, for leaving your thoughts at patreon.com slash the Penske file. So, Clay, what are you going to give this one? I feel, like the, I feel like the listeners came out to a two to three average probably a 2.5 or something like that where are you gonna land i'm a low two on this one mm-hmm. it just this was not working for me um it's got some interesting stuff kind of at the top but just like structurally i didn't find it very interesting and as a story overall i didn't find it very interesting and it's not like egregiously bad or anything but yeah. it's just not i don't know it, it didn't it didn't hook me at all had moments for me. I was hoping for bigger things than what came out of this. Uh, we don't give point fives on this, or at least I have never given a point five. So I'll give it a two, but it feels really to me like it's a 2.5. It's like right between being okay and being a two. I'll go low, though, because I think that the second half is not really all that interesting to me, unfortunately. Mm. All the good ideas are in the first half, and they don't really do anything with it after that. So a little bit of a failed execution and a failed concept uh, layout and stuff like that but i do like the ideas that they're playing with in this one i thought they could have been a really really neat uh, interesting janeway episode and it struck me i don't know what the last janeway focused episode was while i was watching this i don't feel it happens all that often yeah 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 it's been a bit yeah also as much as i'm mad that they didn't commit to the interesting stuff that they had working in this episode, I'm even more mad that they didn't commit to that hairstyle from the last one. Yeah, back we're, in the we're bun. We're back to the bun. Tight. She's wound up, you know? Yeah, that's true. That's true. Maybe it she just got done work. fucking in that last episode and let her hair down a little bit. <laughs> it actually does. The hair does work better for the content in this one than the other hair yeah. work I would have. Yeah, yeah it's a tight, that's a tight pony, as they say. Tight bun. Um, that's it. Thanks, everybody. Patreon.com slash the Penske file. Support the show there. Listen to all the other shows on this little network that we have here. Clay, do you have anything you want to say? You know, I hate the internet generally. Well, you know, it's a love-hate relationship, really. Yeah. Um, but especially social media, I find uh, concerning. It's the only place you can download pirated copies of Fifty Shades of Grey, though, Clay. It can't be yes, all that Yes, that's bad. what I've heard. <laughs> Straight to your child's Kindle. And, and like shark porn. <laughs> You're not going to get that not on the internet. Yes, uh, but one of the things that I love is just just casually scrolling through th- through Twitter. One of the people I follow went on an eight tweet thread <clears throat> talking comparing Steely Dan's Pearl of the Quarter to Toto's Rosanna and why uh, Rosanna sucks. Oh, okay. So it's, <laughs> and it's, it's a really it's just one of those really specific tweet threads where it's like I feel like a handful of people in the world would like to read this, and oddly enough, I'm one of them. <laughs> so. Uh yeah, it's 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 uh he doesn't think that the 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 lyrics to Toto's Rosanna are quite as good as the the uh 
Steely Dan's the, masterpiece. Yes, Steely Dan's uh, uh, dark sarcasm and, and sardonic <laughs> lyrics. Steely Dan is possibly, I have not put a lot of thought into this, possibly the biggest band that I know zero about and could yeah. identify. Yeah. I, can, I know Asia, I think. That's like the only Steely Dan song I could probably identify. Oh, sure, yeah. Uh, they're they're fun to get into if if you if you want to because they've got like they are um renowned for their session players who played on their, their yeah well albums. I've seen I've seen well, the other thing I know about them I saw a video where they talk about I think they talk about the Rosanna Groove no they talk they're talking about they're talking about Bernard Purdy in it Purdy played oh, sure, on one sure. of their albums or yeah. something. And they were the nerdiest fucking looking guys I've ever seen in my life. I was like, oh I, yes. I do not yes. want to listen to Steely Dan if this is what's going on. Yeah, yeah, no, it's 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 good. It's good stuff. Um, it, if you if you're into uh, yacht rock at all, mm. a lot of the yacht rock guys played on Steely Dan stuff and Toto. All those guys are mixed up in there. And you've got Michael McDonald. Michael McDonald rose to prominence through backing vocals on Steely Dan yes. songs and stuff. Yeah, so you can really get your music nerd on if you really want to and, <laughs> and be kind of pretentious about stuff. Um, aside from that, uh, both of my issues of White Knight Red Hood should be out at this point. Um, if you picked one up, thank you. I hope I didn't make you cry too much in the second one. Actually, no, I hope I did make you cry in the second one because, mm-hmm. you know, and I did my job right. Uh, but yeah, aside from that, Amanda and I are continuing our second string of Stephen King. In August, we are doing Sometimes They Come Back. July was Maximum Overdrive. June was Christine. So we did a couple killer car movies and now we're on to whatever sometimes they come back as but it might it might be another killer car movie i actually don't know i haven't watched it yet so how um how many ep- uh, episodes how many issues are in the red hood thing uh just two. Oh, it's just two yep okay yeah it was supposed to be a single 48 page comic like a double size yep. issue yep uh but sean needed an extra month um on his book so we split it into two Gotcha. And uh, did, which ironically, it didn't matter anyway because of paper shortages. It got bumped a week anyway. So yeah. They, yeah. they bookended August, which is kind of fun. So the first one came out the first week and the second one will come out like the last week of August or has come out the last week of August. Oh, so. interesting. Okay. Yeah. Because um, about the first one, obviously. And I was like, I'm, I'm, I was trying to see if there was a way to like save the as they come out. And I only saw the second one coming out. And I was like, oh, maybe it just yep. can't be this efficient if I'm going to do yep. that. So. Cool. I hope maybe someday we'll get to do more. Yeah. Um, I've been trying to, I've been trying to angle to maybe do some more, but uh, you know, he, he's telling me to slow down a bit, but you mm. know, strike while the iron is hot, man. Yeah. You need more both hand spies. In the, yes. Uh, you'll be, yes. You'll be good to go. Well, good. You guys, can, you guys can check it out. If you can't buy a comic book, you can, uh, if you can't like find a comic book, it, it is available on the internet. You can get it on your Kindle or something or put it on your iPad. It's out there and it's able to do it. Um, and that's what I did. I, I like the little Kindle function of reading the comic books, which is that it opens one panel, oh, the panel I suppose. The panel yeah. It's, yeah. it's kind of neat to see that. And then once you do that, I can go back and like look at the whole thing and to see how yeah, it, how it looks yeah. as a whole. But it's neat to, uh, I don't know, guide you, I suppose, that way. It's it's an interesting function because I feel like it was born of the era of smartphones where looking at an entire comic book page on a smartphone yeah, isn't small. really practical because you, then you got to zoom in and kind of like shift around. Yeah. Um, but, you know, and with iPads and, and tablets now, you can get a good 
you can get a, a, a full screen shot of the page, which is actually bigger probably than the actual comic book. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, but actually what's nice about it is for people who aren't familiar with how reading comics works, because it can be a little bit uh, confusing if you've never really done it before. Um, it does help. It does guide you through and make it a little bit easier to see like, oh, okay, I see how this works now. Yeah. I think it makes you... Um, I think it makes you look at each one for longer than you would if you were looking at the page in total. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, because it's like you... I, 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 I take a minute to like look at the, the actual image that's in front of me instead of sort of reading too quickly through it which can be the problem that i might have if the the whole page is laid out but yeah it was on there mm. you can get it on amazon it has clay's name on the cover that's how you'll identify it besides the, the red hood <laughs> on it which is the first cover image it's not it's uh re- the profile of him holding the gun right is that the first yes. cover yes okay that's the first cover yeah. yeah that's the that's the sean's cover there's three covers for the first book oh there are Yep. There's okay. one by Sean, one by the interior artist Simone DeMeo, and another one by an artist named uh, Olivier Coipel. Gotcha. Interesting. <clears throat> Check them out, guys. It's all out there. And otherwise, we are done. Thanks very much for listening. I don't know what the next episode of Star Trek Voyager is. It could be something tremendously exciting. I'm going to click, and it's never correct. Oh, it's Tattoo. It is Tattoo. So that's it. It's a Chicote episode. So let's get ready oh, for that. Fun. Thank you very much for listening to this podcast about persistence of vision. May the audio image of this show linger in your vision for the rest of the night. Something like that. See ya.